Club Club Podcast. My name is James. I am the lead water hose detangler at the Hard Audio Cables offices. Did I get that right, Zach? Uh, it's called the Club Club offices, actually. We are the Hard Audio Cables <laughs> Podcast. You keep getting it backwards. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I had it right last week. Y'all yelled, me, yelled at me. <laughs> um, as you may have noticed, I'm joined by Zachary here and Tyler. Howdy. And as always, Patrick and Hannah in Boston are also on the line. Hello. Hello. Boston. How is everybody doing today? Very good. Spectacular. Not bad. Absolutely good, good great. Thanksgiving. It's the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we're here today. to talk about food. Was it a good Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah. It was a I weird mean, Thanksgiving, you know? Me and Hannah didn't get together with anybody, but it was <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah, it was just the two of us, but it was fun. All right, so what uh, what are we talking about this week? What's the what's the album? I did I forgot to listen to it. So <laughs> this week we're talking about Soul Food by Goody Mob. Goody Mob, Soul Food. Goody Mob. This came out in 1995 on LaFace Records. Um, it was the first album from Goody Mob. They're a four-piece rap group from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, consisting of members Big Gip, Cujo, CeeLo, and Timo. And they were part of the Dungeon Family Collective, which was sort of a group of uh, hip-hop artists and producers in Atlanta. Um, I think they're still around doing things. Um, but like Outkast was also a part of that group. I've heard of And that. Organized Noise was a part of it, who was like a production team that did a lot of the tracks on this album and did a lot of Outkast stuff and did a lot of other stuff. And, um, and later on, Killer Mike and Future were like also associated with Dungeon Family. Um, nice. So... That's cool. Kind of, I mean, obviously there's a lot of hip hop music that's come out of Atlanta Quite the over the years. And a lot of it has been associated with these people. So they sort of came out of a nucleus of interesting Atlanta hip hop happening at that time. Yeah, that must have been an interesting scene because like 94 Outkast's first album came out and then this came out in 95. Like so that... Uh, and I think there's, I think CeeLo is even on that first Outkast album. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, Goody that Mob been... and Out- Outkast were like always guesting on each other's stuff at, yeah. in, during this era. That's cool. That would have been awesome to be, um, you know, alive in that time frame <laughs> and in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. How did you hear about this album, Patrick? That is a really good question. I'm not actually sure. We were trying to remember um, that the other day. I think 
probably I originally started listening to it just from. Is it just ubiquitous in the Atlanta area? Um, I mean, I I'm not really sure to be honest. I mean, like, is where you grew up considered the Atlanta area? Yeah, but it's like the suburbs. So, and I mean, it's not like Patrick was like. Yeah, and I was I'm not necessarily like an expert on Atlanta hip hop, even though I grew up around Atlanta. Um, but. I think how I originally found this was probably just something related to Outcast, like looking up something about Outcast or something and seeing them. And I def- I know that I definitely found the song Soul Food and like that's what hooked me into this group and made me want to listen to this album. So, but I don't remember exactly how it went. See, that was way off from my theory of like, you know, maybe I guess you were born too late, but I thought in Atlanta, if you were born like after 2000, you're just handed like an Outcast uh, album or like a, <laughs> and here's like, here's like a. Well, a, he was actually born in Florida, so. Oh my gosh. I don't know what he would have been handed. Um, some like a Jimmy Buffett album or something, probably. <laughs> <laughs> some some trap rock. Jimmy Buffett has some good songs. He, he would have been handed an Outcast time, album. But, um, I'm not making not funny Outcast, Jimmy Buffett. Sorry, uh, Under Oath album. Yeah. Next yeah. time you guys Tampa. make a trip down here, we should all go to Margaritaville. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we'll do anything. We'll bust a flip-flop on a pop-top. So, James, what did, oh, yeah. what did you think of this album? I'm interested to hear your take. I liked it thoughts. a lot. Uh, I really, really... Well, like, the next thing I'm going to do is go get the beat version, the instrumental version of the album, because yeah. I love all the <laughs> boom-bap beats. Yeah. Um. You can, can hear, hear that it's that? the same uh, production. You can hear all the crossover between them and Outkast for sure on the on the yep. production here and i was sort of like how had i never listened to this record yet because i feel like i don't know i've tried to go and make sure i get the classics in the hip-hop realm in my uh music library and this is definitely I yeah would, i thought maybe you did already know it before i thought like, i would have yeah but yeah i did not i do think i mean this is a well-known album but it doesn't necessarily get mentioned as much as other albums rap albums from that time for whatever reason i feel like i mean it seems like it's getting its um recognition now yeah maybe so in the past well i mean the club club podcast is covering it yeah that's right that's right (laughs) that's right hold on i I gotta keep the dog from ripping up (laughs) i did see by uh looking this album up on reddit just to see if there was any discussion on it there was like one post on I think hip hop heads that had like mm-hmm. two comments and that was the only post I really? saw and like the the top comment was like everyone loves and asks for more outcasts on the subreddit why why is no one commenting on Goody Mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of funny surprising. that's just how any subreddit of a decent size ends up sort of right like- yeah like it indie heads post like the strokes and that's like the biggest post that they have and it's like oh yeah yeah Un- underrated indie band the strokes like <laughs> never heard of them so underrated new team yeah. impala oh yeah yeah <laughs> really underground <laughs> yeah yeah i really enjoyed it um i'm glad i was a little bit worried that um i mean i think you had heard me talk about this album before that maybe like just from it being too hyped up by me you might not like it, but uh, oh, no. I did think that it would be something you would like. It'd be in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. I was really impressed by CeeLo Green's parts on this album. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, 
the impression I had of him is not necessarily a positive one based off of like the media he's gotten in the last five, six years, the media attention he's gotten. And, um, certainly didn't realize he was as strong of a rapper as he is on this album. For real. Yeah. He has actually some of the best verses on this album. Like he, the man has some good flow and that angelic voice. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I guess if I want to, before I pass it off to someone else, you know, most impressed by, by CeeLo's parts, but I really love, uh, big Gip's voice, you know, that deep voice of his. And, uh, I thought Timo probably is one of the more talented members of the group. I really liked it. I I feel like I don't have a lot to say about it though, because like this is like a like a genre that I'm not too familiar with. Not that I don't like this genre. It's just like this isn't my go-to when I want to listen to something. But to go off on a quick like anecdote tangent, um, we've been watching the the Queen's Gambit, which is a great show. Um, so I've been learning, uh, relearning ch- how to play chess, <laughs> and I had this album on in the background, and it's like a good. This is like a great background album, like some good. Uh, yeah, we put it some, on a some lot good too, passive just, listening. Like, yeah, cooking or cleaning. Or... And I think that that might be part of my problem is like I enjoyed this album that I would throw it on in the background and forget to like sit there and actually listen to it actively. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's great. Like I just like that laid back southern rap style you know like there's that some good some good funk groups in here um mm-hmm. what's the song is it is it the song soul food that's like that it comes in with just like that bass line well Hold there's on. a lot there's, there's a couple that have that yeah, bass line but yeah bass line soul food style. is like yeah. in the second half of the album yeah soul food Sorry. is the one that's like it's kind of like that king kunta uh that was exactly like, what yeah. I thought. It's like, oh, so this is where King Kunta came yeah. from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that had that same thought. That was such a good groove. I, I actually I like looked it up who produced that song to try to see if, like, was it the same people or not? Because the bass oh, tone yeah. between the two tracks is really similar, I thought. Exactly. And then it's like, it feels like the same drum beat. But, uh, yeah, overall, A, a plus. We'll, we'll listen again. <laughs> and then there was one. Then there was me. Yeah, so I love this album a lot too. Um, I I guess started listening to it around the same time as Patrick, as you know, happens when you live together. Um, So I was, you know, pretty familiar with it. Um, But yeah, I love it a lot. I feel like there's just like all the tracks on it are really good. Um, I really like Outcast, and this like obviously reminds me of Outcast. But I almost like feel like with like most of the outcast albums that I know that like sometimes like there's really, really good songs, but then sometimes like just the whole album itself, I don't end up like listening to like front to back sometimes. Whereas like with this album, like I do almost always just listen to it front to back, you know, like I'll occasionally just put on a song or two, but so I don't know, I guess I'm, what I'm trying to say is I like it better than outcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think Um, it flows really well too as an album. Yeah. Like it just as a whole like piece, I think it is wonderful. I agree, and like, um, it's uh, sorry, to, sorry to cut in, but yeah, yeah like, okay. I think another problem I have with this genre are skits sometimes are just random and don't work towards the theme of the album. But I feel like here they actively do. 
I agree. And yeah. that's that's yeah. really cool. Like the skits are there intentionally. It's not just a filler for hey, let me just dial drunk dial my producer and have that the voice message be our you know <laughs> skit track. Voicemail uh, voicemail yeah. skits are very popular. They are, and uh, I'm I'm kind of sick of those, but. <laughs> I, you know, it's also, uh, I like the fact that, is it Blood? That's like, there's that one that, it's just like a 50 second track. Uh, yeah, it's Blood, it's Blood. Blood yeah. is 53 seconds. Yeah. And confirmed. I really like that song, but I like, you know, like looking through the album, I was like, this, you know, the second time I, I listened through, I'm just going to skip the the skits again. But mm-hmm. I, I kept almost skipping Blood because I see like how short it is. And, yeah. Uh, that's well, I'm like is... I'm on the Wikipedia page right now, and it is categorized as a skit. Yep, really, yeah, it's somewhere in between. I yeah, would say. but I mean that's just according to Wikipedia. So. <laughs> Take that well. with a grain of salt. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say citation needed Wikipedia. Yeah, <laughs> I consider that a song, and I'm an expert in songs. <laughs> I've uh, I've spoken about at least a dozen of them on a podcast before. <laughs> somewhere around there. Yeah. So it starts out with free which is uh sort of like a introduction to the album which is just singing almost acapella there's a little bit of piano accompaniment or something electric piano i think it's a really nice opening to the album mm-hmm. it sets the tone it's appropriate yeah yeah it's definitely a good intro it just like kind of gives you a hint of like what's in store and i, and I don't to, like, find show myself off the beautiful singing i don't find myself wanting to skip it yeah. yeah, it's a lot of a uh, a lot of gospel influence on this album. Mm-hmm. So then, after that, we have Thought Process, which uh, features Andre Three Thousand of Outcast fame. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a good song. It's not necessarily one of my favorites, but I don't know. Did anyone else have a comment on this one? For me, S- same here. But I think it is. It makes sense why it's where it's at because yeah. it's sort of like outlining how the album is focusing on this choice these young men have or mm. you know, people in their community have and so that's sort of like a first person perspective of it in a way mm-hmm. yeah I, I didn't have like a strong opinion about it but this is a I didn't look at the song titles before I played them so when it got to Andre 2000's verse I was like man this guy really sounds like outcast <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, well, it's, it's a little derivative sound. of Outcast, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. But then, yeah, the next track after that, which the skit leads into <laughs> Dirty South, this one definitely makes a hits playlist. Yeah, this is yes. 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 So I was reading right before we started talking, I guess this was the first, like, mention of Dirty South. Like, in a it really? rap song. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What you really know about the Dirty South? And speaking of first, like this is like I was thinking is like what is considered like the first conscientious conscientious hip hop record because I feel like this could fall into that category at least as an. Influence. I mean, I don't know enough about the history to say, but I feel like there must have been like political hip hop albums like way before this, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, I mean, but I do like this one. one also doesn't feel like it's preachy or anything either, though. So it's yeah. Mm-hmm. When he they says really... Dirty Bill Clinton, that's like one of my favorite parts <laughs> of the entire album. That's one of the And I think it's interesting too that, that like they're sort of like 
anti Bill Clinton at this time, you know, which which makes sense, like because he was pushing like these tough on crime bills yeah. that everybody loves to hate now. But but at the time, you know, like yeah, the time it, it was, was a like lot different. Popular. And, um, yeah. So I was getting some but, hints of things, and I went and you know Googled and everything. And some of the information I found out about the next song is even more of a is it even more informative as to why you know they're against Bill Clinton and stuff. Yeah. Which, which so. Before yeah, before we move on, there's a a writing credit on this is a uh, King George, is that who's that? Who yeah, that's I don't know. Oh, does don't anyone know, know yeah, who King George is? No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying back. to see if it's like no, nope, it's not. Well, because like the features are like Cool Breeze, but that's apparently not Cool Breeze's name. Interesting. That's that's kind of strange. That that's the only mention of King George I see in this album. So hmm. yeah, like did they sample? Like the actual King George somewhere in there, like so. They, yeah, there's they, a recording. They rap- of- <laughs> yeah, they're like <laughs> rapping one of his letters. I was listening to an interview, and CeeLo was talking about how when he'd go up to the house where the dungeon was at, which mm-hmm. is where they recorded a lot of this record, it would take him like thirty minutes to even get in the house because there were so many people hanging out there. It was just like <laughs> a centralized location. Everybody felt the sort of vibe or whatever with what was going on there between Outcast and them, you know. He was talking about how people who weren't even necessarily making the music, didn't even want to make music, were just there to watch or see what was happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The place to be. But, man, the idea of, like, 20 randos being there at the doorway to where I'm going to go record music sounds like a nightmare to me, yeah. personally. <laughs> but he made it seem like it was a, a definite positive when it came to this record. So, mm-hmm. the fact that there's, like, one credit on there for one song. Mm-hmm. Right, it's makes sense. Just a random guy, context. or something, you know. Uh, yeah. He was in T True, which stands for the Real Untouchables, featuring Master P. So he looks like he's an he's an '80s rapper. I like a couple lines that I liked in this song. Um, I like the this is the first time we hear the thing where one of them refers to like white people or like racist white people as clamp it like yeah. referencing the Be- beverly hillbilly yeah. oh, yeah. i think it's funny and also like the line about like you know your experience as a black person and it's like it this in third grade this is what you're taught you were bought you were sold and it's like yeah it's just just a line that really drives home like yeah it, it's a different experience i don't know another line that i liked was just so what they're talking about they had to i don't know the they ran up on some drug dealers from New York is what's implied by like the name of the song they reference and then it left them quiet as hell. Which is <laughs> just sort of like a menacing way to it's ominous. <laughs> understate it, you know. But So I was gonna say that they are trying to promote this idea of moving past some of the pitfalls mm-hmm. their culture has maybe been forced into or whatever, you know. I don't know how to describe it, you know. They're just at disadvantaged, right? And there's pitfalls you fall into they're trying to move on to. But they're still, like I said, it was, it's not preachy or anything. And it still has street credibility or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. So it was very easy to find more information about the album because it turned 25 years old this year. Mm. And nice. Goody Mob got back together and released a new album just like a couple yeah, of weeks ago. Yeah, I just ago. saw that. I have not listened to it yet. So there are plenty of interviews talking about the album. I need you to know. find that. I haven't read any of them. Yeah, I yeah, haven't either. Would have been good preparation for this, but yeah. you know, I don't like yeah. to give away my secrets. You know, I just want to make sure I outshine you guys <laughs> when we get on. Here. Cell therapy. Um, this is a another interesting track. 
the lyrics are like really strange. <laughs> um, this is where the conspiratorial beliefs yes, come in. Yeah, yeah, very like conspiracy theories of the era are featured in this. It was the debut single. So was I was it? telling you, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of interviews I could find regarding the album because they're putting out a new record right now. CeeLo was explaining that Buster Rhymes visited <laughs> Atlanta and at that time, mm-hmm. like, I guess they knew him. They hadn't re- really released their album yet, but uh, Buster Rhymes being the uh, eccentric guy he is, handed them the book Behold a Pale Horse, which is like a conspiracy book that a dude... Yeah wrote in 1991 about the u.s government and all sorts of stuff like ufos what's really happening in the world that you know the aids epidemic was manufactured and they already had a cure before it was released and it was it was sort of put out there to kill off black people and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. they got this book from buster rhymes (laughs) passed it around each of them read through it Mm-hmm. And this track makes more sense when, and some of the other, you know, comments thrown in throughout the record. Once you know that, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. It looks like this song has been sampled a good bit by like Vince Staples, Macklemore, Travis Scott. <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah, I Soul think Food I've was like the hit riff before. Mm-hmm. Before, and now this song is the one that's got taken on like a life of its own. Of recent times um and yeah this is the one little snippet of an interview i did read explained that the title cell therapy is kind of like a double entendre on like living in a cell and like the the mm-hmm. experiments like the cell you know like a the hiv mm-hmm. experiments mm-hmm. that was going on yeah i guess this was their only song that was a top 40 hit which is interesting to me because yeah it's like I don't know. It doesn't like sound the most top forty. Yeah, any yeah. Of any of the and songs, also, just but... the subject matter is like. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting that this was a top forty hit, but it's got it's... such a good chorus hook, though. That's mm-hmm. who's Very that looking in my window? Yeah. How? The whole album, though. Nobody. nobody now. The, I mean, the whole mm-hmm. track with the keys, and it's sort of yeah. spooky sounding. Spooky. I really like the line. Um, where CeeLo's talking about the apartment complex and they put the gate up to keep crime out. or And they, they declared a drug-free zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it sort of like takes a theme, this like conspiracy theme and like brings it to a very local level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I liked that. Yeah, his was my favorite verse on that. Sesame Street is the next. Um, this is like probably one of the best beats on the record i think that bass line is just like really really good yeah it's like Mm -hmm. a funk i don't know if it's a sample or if somebody just played it but it's like very much like a funk like classic r&b style bass line Mm -hmm. it's really really good it just sounds like a you know like a p bass being played by yeah i wasn't sure if like uh because i couldn't see it usually you can find like a list of samples but i couldn't really find one for this but it does kind of seem like organized noise just kind of is like a production group that plays a lot of the yeah instruments because it i know they did a lot of the outcast stuff too and it like it sounds very similar to that so mm-hmm. but yeah there's some good that's some good bass tone though i really liked the timo verse in this song which one is that 
there was something about that, right? Like cowboys and Indians, nobody died, but now they yeah. are, right? And um, I thought the big dip verse at the start was a good one too. Mm-hmm. Like nothing hard about that when it's going to court or whatever. I don't think the hook or chorus on this one is the catchiest, but yeah, I think just like the groove of the song is like, like you said. Yeah, this would be definitely one a good instrumental to listen to. I was trying to look up, like, what's the significance of Sesame Street in Atlanta? Like, it does it have a has it taken on a life of its own or something? I think it's just referencing the show, right. um, but I don't think there's any special significance to Atlanta. I think they're just kind of saying Sesame Street portrays like an urban, you know, like street that the kids live on, and it's just sort of contrasting like the TV show with their version to like what it's really like living on a street like that mm-hmm. yeah, like what what do you know about sesame street is sort of the main the line that they repeat in the hook yeah but so that was one of my favorite tracks yeah, yeah I, liked I, I liked it but I, I agree that like the that hook wasn't really anything special and like the only other hook that i didn't actually enjoy either was the coming which is later on oh but man i feel like the rest of them are great that was one i'm gonna be We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, I think. We'll, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. I like. Oh, uh, I'm just hearing it now. But yeah, CeeLo's like sort of singing verse in Sesame Street is really good. He t- he like name drops a bunch of like Atlanta type stuff. Benjamin Mays High School and just good verse. Anyway, let's move on. Next track. Guess who? This is like a very wholesome tribute. To everyone's mom. Oh yeah. But uh, well, apparently the album itself is like dedicated to CeeLo's mom. Mm. Right. I yeah. The, it in this song he alludes to like some struggles, like health struggles she was going to, like she was in a car accident or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I'm not sure what happened with a that. Verse about their mama. Yeah, I think it's a very sweet song. Yeah. The next skit is super short. Oh, then... but I, yeah, I like this though because it just they do the serenity prayer and then at the end. Ah, <laughs> it's like I sort of this really exaggerated bad. like response to it or something like it. <laughs> i don't know uh, go on what were you gonna say James? i was just gonna say i love that transition right after yeah. they do that to yeah. the next song that beat is amazing and wisdom to know the difference and fighting has like a really really good beat it's just like this really hard aggressive sounding beat yeah. with mm-hmm. that like sick like sample that comes in like <laughs> yeah it sounds so good when you get it. like that <laughs> uh they tell you what goody mob stands for oh is that yeah and this one oh yeah yeah, yeah. and silo a... speech basically explains the album yeah mm-hmm. it's a good song Position. i have a star on that one that was a, one of my favorites mm-hmm. as well yeah but yeah i think james made a good point that this song is sort of a um almost like a centerpiece of like the themes of the albums and especially with the hook like fighting for our spirit and mind you know like sort of and and you making a choice about what path you want to take with your your life your spirit and your mind should we move on to blood i mean blood is sort of like a postscript to fighting yeah and it's summing up the theme again um it's just like another celo verse from the from fighting it's got a good beat. It, like the beat is like not as aggressive as uh, fighting, but mm-hmm. it's still pretty. Uh, 
uh, pretty fast. Yeah. I like blood. You know, get some more blood. They right, mentioned... more than 53 seconds. Oh, dang it. <laughs> I mean, even... I know because Patrick was playing the song in our headphones and it <laughs> ended. So, Patrick, I'm curious what your thoughts are going to be about the next song. Live at the Omni. Yeah. Uh, this is not one of my favorite tracks, but um, I don't dislike it. But there's just other tracks that stand out to me more. Um, but like, I don't know. Why, why, it... why do you say that? Just talking about mass incarceration mm. and overcrowding in the Atlanta yeah. area is that a thing from that era um probably I don't really know I mean I was young at this time too young to really be keyed into that I mean it was it's sort of an ongoing trend in our nation that was kicked off like it wasn't necessarily kicked off in that era but it was accelerating in that era mm-hmm. um so and I was, cur- I was curious like they mentioned people going to jail so they could eat Mm. you know yeah yeah that's something that where i grew up is sort of a theme too you know or they mm-hmm. people will claim it's a theme of poor people who need to pick themselves up by their bootstraps you know yeah yeah was it isn't there a i think we've already passed it i don't i don't think it was in the song but there's that that line from sea love like he's like i've only uh 20 dollars in my pockets all oh, that's keeping me off the streets mm-hmm. yeah i thought that was in this song but i think that's actually thought process uh so this song was um live at the omni was probably the only song i actually skipped on a re-listen just to be honest wow yeah it's a little bit on the longer side yeah long. I, I was like Although most the, of them are the first couple of times i listened to it i was like i get i get the gist of this and just kind of passed on it but i thought it was a memorable think, song but not not my favorite or anything yeah, musically i think it's not the catchiest it didn't catch I, me so goodie bag is up next who who wants to take that one zach i saw you posted this on an instagram story does that mean you liked it <laughs> i did like this yeah uh yeah i've got to like be a little more discreet about my instagram stories because <laughs> it spoiled my my nomdi thoughts when i posted i, know, I was like zach likes it <laughs> Fist pump. uh goodie bag it has that like uh it, it's like a is it like a guitar kind of sample that's like looping throughout mm-hmm. um and it kind of reminds me it sounds like something that would be in the soundtrack of like like triple x or like some <laughs> like some very cheesy 2000s uh, action movie because it's like that riff sounds very um i don't know for some reason it just sounds like like uh like kill bill or something i don't know yeah i kind of see what you're saying yeah or you know what you know what it is it sounds like i'm playing like midnight club or like some driving game <laughs> i love and it's midnight like club. that was such a good game i wish they would <laughs> make another one i think they, like they did very recently and it was just garbage oh dang, <laughs> yeah dang that's not what i want to hear <laughs> this was, maybe, it was just like oh go ahead no go ahead i was just gonna ramble on midnight club no i want to hear it i want to hear your thoughts it was just like they took gta and just stripped out everything except driving and made it yeah, all about yeah. racing so it was an awesome game but you got to do the like crazy like driving around in a city it was all street racing well it's mm-hmm. black friday you might be able to find it for 50 percent off yeah, there you go yeah maybe i can i don't Get know if there. it runs Give, uh, on jeff bezos some money yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so this was one of there's like two tracks that i feel like i, I like 
aren't really my favorite. And this one, one, this one is one of them. But I really CeeLo's versus the highlight of the track for me again. But other than that, yeah, I love when he comes in with that. Favorites. That first of all, like first of all, I stand a little more than five feet tall, but we can still. Mm-hmm. The way he says that, it just gets me, man. <laughs> He's just got so much attitude behind that. I sort of uh, agree with James. It's not one of my top tracks on the album, but I don't get it wrong again. Song. <laughs> no, I I think just like the rest of the podcast gets it wrong here. I think <laughs> I think this is one of those songs that all the verses just like just really hit. Like the verse before Celos is just it's just so aggressive, and it's like he's like rising yeah. and like mm-hmm. just like yeah, getting more I and agree. more upset as it goes on. It's like Celos, kind of like a it's like a call and response. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like CeeLo is like answering him and just with that first of all, I it's so good, man. That's all I got to say. That's a good so, point. You yeah, the call and response is Yeah, yeah. So it's just take your dumb opinions and put them in your pocket <laughs> is I think the quote. <laughs> what about Hannah? What do you think of this track? I want to talk about the next track. Me too. All right. <laughs> yeah, we can move on to Soul Food. It's yeah, uh, the next one track. is the title it's track, which is week. like the best song on the album and just like I absolutely love this song. I love the beat. <laughs> this is like my favorite beat from any rap song that I've ever heard. It's just like, I, I've never really, there probably are songs out there that have similar style beats, but I've never heard anything exactly like this. Like that weird ambient looping sound that just continues through the entire beat. Oh, yeah. Like, I love that. It sounds like mysterious and just like, I don't even know what that sample is. Like, it sounds but I like- love the way it sounds. Like when I'm playing around in GarageBand and like pick like the the weird like spectral kind of presets, mm-hmm. and then like my cat jumps on the keyboard and is just like <laughs> sitting there the entire time. Yeah, it's sort of like an atonal sample. Yeah. So. Or like this dissonant in a way. Yeah, it's like a weird. It's like a weird space. It's like a. It's like a hardcore band like transcor- transpose their like meh chord, you know? Yeah. And so like a keyboard. <laughs> and this but one I, has a killer bass line as well. It does. I mean, yeah, and then like everyone just has their verses and, and they're yeah, all, all like All the verses really good. are on point in this song. Like <laughs> yeah. be- everybody's best verses in like, like the entire Like to me the song album. just sounds like, I don't know, like it sounds like so much like effort was put into this song and it like really shows, like I don't know, like I feel like it just like, it's the title track, it's so good, like it's just like the like core of the album in like so many ways and like I but just does, feel like it's amazing. But James, do you agree with us? You haven't said anything yet. Yeah, my, my only bullet point for this song was, I guess, this gets put on the hits playlist. <laughs> um, and it's got that sick hook, too, where they all sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So I I think, like, when you're talking about the beat, I think we mentioned this earlier, but this makes me want to take points away from uh, King Kunta, like, that rest of that album, just because I feel like, like, I thought that was so original when I heard that album, and now I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's... They're just doing Goody Mod. Like, <laughs> I thought that was like you know, a throwback like, sound when I heard that song. Yeah, yeah. Boy from the point, but I'm from Southwest. And every now and then I get put to the test, but I can't be stopped. I mean, I'm sure Kendrick Lamar is aware of Goody Mob, you know, it's because right. he's a student. Like, but I felt like it was It's just... not necessarily what people say when they think of, like, Kendrick Lamar's influences. Yeah. Well, right. and I feel like he always, like, mentions, like, West Coast influences, right, right. you know, he's rather than, like, Atlanta. East Coast or Atlanta. It's, like, Southern yeah. rappers that much, but right. I don't know. We'll is Atlanta considered it East Coast? The... Well, I mean, it's East like, Coast. Because, like, technically it is, right? But it's yeah, still it Southern. Yeah, it sort of is. But, I mean, it's, yeah, like, it's South not on the coast, East but, Coast, yeah. but... It's more East Coast than West Coast, for sure. Because I, so like, you know, it's also 
kind of a controversial thing if like Texas is south or not. Mm. I can see it's like part of the south. You know, southwest, south. It just depends. But I just because you know, like the Houston hip hop, I consider southern hip hop too, and that's kind of in the same yeah. same uh, space as this, like the Atlanta scene too. You know, yeah. which could get me shot for saying that maybe, but. They're probably no, like rivals. I, think, or I mean, Houston hip hop is definitely more aligned with like Southern rap than like yeah. West Coast rap. It's just like so. Uh, it's like so laid back. It's just it's all groove, you know. It's yeah. not it's not aggressive like like West Coast. It's just we don't, you know. Well, so when I lived in Georgia a long time ago, I just remember everybody talking so slow. Like <laughs> nobody was in a hurry to get anywhere or do anything. You live in Texas, so yeah and you know that's probably not too much different but i lived in georgia for you know a few years I know, as, I as a that. small child yeah is that an but, accurate uh, statement patrick and Hannah? yeah um i mean it's yeah. the south yeah I but it's not that, exaggerating a it's little not bit, that but, different you know. from texas no, I don't if i'm exaggerating it's like by that much Mark <laughs> was a child and his memory is flawed I, yeah i really didn't remember that <laughs> i just it's been told to me by family members that lived with me they're they're known as my parents, but Patrick and Hannah are, are Georgia natives. Yeah. Well, we, I was we born in Florida, but I, I did grow up there most of my childhood. All right. What about uh, this? What? Oh, skit. a couple more points on Goody Mom okay. before we move. Or on uh, Soul Food before soul we move food. on. There's a couple of, like uh, strange lines. Strange lines in this one. The beef is cheaper, but it's pumped with red dye. I guess uh, whoever. I'm not mm-hmm. sure which one like of them was singing that one, but it's another sort of conspiracy theory popping up about like beef not being good to eat and it being like artificially having red artificially dye in it or something. We need to uh, read the Behold a Pale Horse uh, yeah. book and see yeah. if that's I in I want to read it. I want to read it. Yeah. And then there's another line about somebody's wife or girlfriend or whoever's making him pasta dinner, putting her monthly flow into the sauce. I'm not oh. sure where that really came so, from. So this goes back to our discussion song. on Midsummer. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something that would happen in that movie. <laughs> um, but it's just like, yeah, I don't even know where that comes from. It's an emotional flow, okay? I guess, yeah. <laughs> but then it, what does rap genius say about that did you look it up um <laughs> let's see if they have anything what uh, is rap genius <laughs> i mean I, that's what it used to be called it's just genius now right oh just genius know. okay oh okay i didn't know it was it used to be called rap genius it was called rap genius. oh there it is this timer hey. keeps going you're Please go get those uh, nuggets out of the microwave. Yeah, they're definitely. It's an good. old southern voodoo tale. It is said that if a woman puts her period blood in spaghetti and the man eats it, he will fall in love with her and never Dude, leave. Dude, that's her. exactly what happened in Dude, uh, Midsummer. That actually, yeah, is Midsummer. I thought you it was like know a that, pubic James. hair. You saw though. this. Oh, well, okay. it was a monthly flow too in the drink. I think. Uh, remember I think the I drink? missed that in the movie. Yeah. I just remember the man. pubic hair. Actually, Maybe our... I forgot that that this thing actually literally happened in midsummer yeah I, that's why i, I said like it, oh it, it sounds like something that would happen but it actually did happen so so ari aster was like listening to this album as he wrote that probably yeah <laughs> right after it. that there's an, an oj reference i yeah i was gonna mention that there's too. a few or, or at least a couple oj references throughout the album yeah it seems as if they have the chris darden bronco marcia clark which is interesting it, uh, the whole oj simpson thing i feel like i was too young to really like have any opinion on it when it was actually happening but it's i feel like it's weird now when people talk about it because like they sort of just like 
assume it's one so clear side or the guilty. other, but like, yeah. Well, right, I feel like it's like talked about so flippantly. It's talked about, yeah. Something yeah. Like, I don't that's know. sort of what I feel like. But or like what you just said, James, like, it's so clear he was guilty. I, I, don't, I don't really know enough about it to know whether he was guilty or not. I guess I know the thing about the shoe, but like. Uh, the glove. I think you're talking about the glove. Or the, well, there, yeah, there's a glove and I think there was a shoe. If the glove don't fit. found, yeah. But <laughs> like. I remember it. But it also I, sort I of became this like black versus white thing time. somehow. So, yeah, and I don't know exactly how that happened, but I think that's where some of this animosity comes from, right? In the song. I mean, it's a, a hero, you know, mm-hmm. and it just seems like blew too close to the sun, so they got to take him down or something, you know? Yeah. There's a couple uh, nice like. Atlanta shout outs to they I mean they mm-hmm. I shout out like a million soul food restaurants in this yeah song which is cool and then they also talk about like Lennox Mall which is like a big yeah Richie Rich Mall in funny. Buckhead um you're like no money to go inside Lennox a nice line I didn't catch that so it's Listen nice to have that broken time. down for me by a native all right where are we at now are we are we moving on yeah let's move on mm-hmm. the coming Zach apparently doesn't like this one I think it Dude, this has this to make the track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has to. I like this song. I just, I don't like that hook. That hook is amazing, dude. Yeah, it's good. It makes the song. I guess it's it's a guy, it's a rapper named Witch Doctor gusting mm-hmm. on the set track. And his verse is really good, too. Yeah. This Zach. is another one that has, like, the sweet funk bass lines. I could listen to this on loop. Did anybody else feel as though CeeLo, his flow is heavily influenced by Busta Rhymes? I don't know enough about Busta Rhymes to I say. Could, I could see that, yeah, yeah. I yeah, thought. I'm not sure. I mean, definitely his reading is. It <laughs> <laughs> makes sense if they're friends, you know. I thought he... Sound a lot like him. Speaking of him, he has the next skit all to himself. Yeah. I guess Sila, this skit, he's just sort of taking a spiritual perspective on. He is sort of the spiritual and thematic anchor to the album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like right. if, if any of the tracks stray, his verse usually brings it back to center or whatever, you know. Yeah, sort of felt, got that impression at times. Yeah, it's really no surprise that he's the one that kind of took off in the solo career. Mm-hmm. It sort of does seem that way. It's not like the others weren't talented. Right. True, true. And then we had the last song, The Day After, which mm-hmm. very much sounds like a... Yeah, like a gospel. Mm-hmm. And like a closing to the mm-hmm. album. like Sort of like a... It sounds like you're after something and looking back on it happening you know just the whole vibe of the song and we're gonna leave you with this thought (laughs) yeah right yeah i like it it was a good song yeah good album closer so we did it we went we through every it. song. Yeah. Can you please like just pick and choose which ones we actually leave on the yeah, edit? Right. I don't want to have to cut samples from every track. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Man, from four tracks to nineteen. 
So <laughs> without the skits, it's like a 13 or 14 track long song uh, album. Yeah, it's not bad. It's yeah. not that bad for the 90s. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's like right at an hour. I feel like this is smack dab in the era where albums were long, long, long. Yep. yep. And it doesn't feel that bad, though. I mean, the skits tie it all together and... Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, you can't even tell where the skit ends and the song begins, so it's yeah, just it. well put together. Yep. It's pretty impressive for a first effort album, too. Like, it sort of feels like something you hear on the sophomore album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great debut. And it, it makes me a little scared to to listen to their other albums. <laughs> yeah, I haven't about that. ever got all the way through their other albums. I, I, From what I've heard, to me, I don't think they're as good. I think they basically, like hit their masterpiece on the first try and you know how do you follow this up i'm not sure but more like baddie mob right <laughs> <laughs> the next the next album ha- does have a couple songs i know of that i like um but then like the album after that world party i i think is kind of different hmm. not, not as good from what i know but i haven't actually ever really given it a fair shake so i am interested to hear this new one they just put out but Patrick, can you um, describe the album cover for us? Sure. I really like this album cover. I think it ties in with the album extremely well. Um, It's the Goody Mob members seated around a table um, in a soul food restaurant of some sort. It's not clear which one, but... And it looks like they're saying a pre-meal prayer. Um, They all look kind of doing different prayerful poses and i really like the way that the picture is like kind of blurred out on the outsides and like focused in the center um it's like a like a tilt shift kind of yeah a little bit of that thing going on i also think that so it says soul food across the bottom in like a very light colored or like a very not standing out text i really like how that looks i feel like it's a design trend that's like almost a little ahead of its time or something and then up on top they have goody mob you know what that soul food text looks like? What? It looks like the Deftones text. <laughs> it it all goes back to Deftones. Well, he yeah. didn't well, say ahead of its there, time. There is a line in one of the songs where he says, I've got a white pony on my back. I think that's the line. Oh. Uh, so. I think the line is, look out for the man on the white, in the mask with the white, uh, yeah. man in the mask that's on the white it pony. Is. It's like yeah, a He's talking about the Lone, Lone Ranger. Ranger. Yeah. He's yeah, actually which talking is about... Meaning the police, but... He is Maybe. singing to the future yeah. and is talking well, about Chino. We have learned about Steph Carpenter enough to think that he probably has read <laughs> Behold, Behold, the Behold the Pale Horse. Yeah. And could have suggested White Pony as the album title. Any other stray thoughts before we wrap this up? Zach, I think so. do you want to talk about The Mandalorian? <laughs> no. I will after the episode. <laughs> because I know they don't want to talk about the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I know what you guys were texting about. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Oh wait, so James Vanderbeek. No, <laughs> I did need to actually call on Zach, right? <sighs> Darn it. Yeah, he does need to do the next album. Yeah, can we just skip it? And I no 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 I I decided on this album like forty five minutes ago because really I had it. I thought down you'd had to it like, planned. I did, and then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna wait on that one because. The I want to wait to tease it. The one that I was like, this is going to be a one out of four, probably. 
Um, it still could be a one out of four, but I narrowed it down to two. I sent them to Jessica to pick. She she picked one, and then I was like, I'm not doing any of those two. I'm doing a different <laughs> one. <laughs> it is hard. It's hard to pick. It is. Um, but what I'm going to do... Drum roll. <laughs> he still hasn't decided. <laughs> no, I've decided. Well, that was Patrick last week. He was yeah. deciding on air. So the album is called Drunk Like Bible Times by the band Deer in the Headlights. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. We hope you're enjoying the episode so far. If you'd like to get in touch in any way, send us an email at clubclub at heartaudiocables.com. You can follow Zach at the Cookie Monster with some numbers at the end of it on Instagram. I think it's 258. 258. You can follow myself at Heart Audio Cables on Instagram. And next week we're listening to The Deer in the Headlights, Drunk Like Bible Times. See you next time. <laughs>